Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research. Hello and welcome to the Psychology in Schools Teams podcast. Um, My name is Dr Tamara Scully. I'm one of the clinical psychologists in the team and today I'm joined by uh, Linda Brindle who's a senior psychotherapist in our team and Dr Beth Mosley who is the lead clinical psychologist Um, and we're also really grateful to be joined today by Joanne Jones who is a parent and Joanne also supports us um, in our team a couple of days a week. Um, So what we would like to talk about in our podcast today is uncertainty. So what we all kind of now know about uncertainty is having kind of gone through a whole year of experiencing lots of uncertainty in all sorts of areas in, in our life is that it is pretty physically and mentally exhausting. And, you know, it's it's just so much more tiring because when we're experiencing lots of uncertainty, we have to use so, so much more of our brain power to kind of manage all of the changes that are kind of ha- happening around us. And, you know, there are lots of reasons why we love certainty because, you know, it gives us lots of security and predictability and I guess without it we can kind of be left we can kind of be left feeling like quite out of control um but I suppose what we also know is that the reality is is that life is pretty uncertain um and I guess at the moment what we've been dealing with is really unprecedented amounts of uncertainty um so what we're hoping to do today is just think a little bit about uncertainty explore what it's it's been like kind of for 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 Joe and her family through the pandemic um, and then to think a little bit about how we kind of go about managing this. Um, so maybe just to get us started, um, Joe, it would be really helpful just to hear a little bit from you um, about how you've kind of managed the uncertainty over over the pandemic with your family at home. Hi, hi Tamara. Um- yeah, it's good, really good to reflect looking back at the last year. Um, we kind of started off the year really, oh my gosh, what we're going to do? How are we going to cope with this? And it, we went, you know, it was it was the the button was switched off, and there was no school. And how was I going to cope with education and college with my older child and balancing all that with work? And we spent the first three or four weeks, I suppose, in feeling quite chaotic and and trying to be all things and do all things and maintain the status quo that we'd been in in regards to you know ticking all the box and then I just woke up one day and I thought I've had an I'm I'm worn as you said I'm worn out and I don't know how long this is gonna last I don't know what's gonna happen so the first thing I did is I wrote to my 11 year old he was in primary then I wrote to my 11 year old teacher and said what is it that I actually do need to do and what is it that we can let slide? So we kind of worked out first what strategies he needed. Education, school were really helpful once I'd asked. Actually, they were really glad to hear from us. And we we kind of really focused on what matters. So we did things like the My Maths and we did the English and 
he's he's a lad and we did the reading and but then we learned different strategies with reading so we bought a book and then we bought the audio book so he then became actually really liked the story because somebody was reading it with him um and then in the afternoons we just stopped and we took time out I negotiated with work that I needed space to do something with the children and we just used to go out for a walk so what we really did is we started to learn to slow down and to be patient because we didn't know what the next day was going to be like or whether we'd still be in lockdown so by just as the, the three of us just stopping and we take the dog for a walk and we'd look at things and we start to hear birds and we discovered where we lived and we did different things so we kind of and I suppose I took some tools from my childhood where we would look at I learned all about flowers and insects and birds and you know we found an app with bird song on it and then we go and sit in a park somewhere and see if we could identify what the bird we did different things we were still learning but we're doing it in a in a very different way to how maybe school had been previously um, mm -hmm. and with my college daughter she's college age um, she was she again she was all right to start with but again it was just keeping them focused and carrying on but learning to do things differently and I'd say the best thing we had to do was to accept it was uncertain and that we didn't know what was going to happen and that we had to start really enjoying each day as it came along and if the sun was shining we'd go for a walk and if it was raining we'd go and jump in puddles and it kind of sounds quite romanticized but just by slowing down and not running at speed all the time to get from pillar to post because we had in effect more time because we weren't commuting into school or we weren't commuting into college and I wasn't having to go into an office so therefore we made and utilised our time in a very different way to how I think we've ever ever done before. Oh thank you Joe. And, and you know I guess the, the thing that I'm kind of hearing from you which I think is a really helpful thing to hold on to is is recognizing that you know when when there are lots of things that are uncertain and there's lots of uncertainty around it can be really helpful just to think about the things that you are able to do something about so you know feeling lots of uncertainty about school and schoolwork it sounds like you were able to go to the school and you were able to get kind of some clarity on what were the things that were really important and what were the things maybe that you were able to let slide a little bit more. And I think, you know, there is that really helpful distinction, isn't there, between things that we are able to kind of do something about, we're able to make a plan that really kind of helps with 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 the anxiety. But I suppose there are also other things, kind of those big kind of hypothetical worries um, and, and, and something like the coronavirus where actually we don't have very much control over it. We can do some small things to help, but in the grand scheme of things, we, we, we don't have a lot of control over that. And just I think making that distinction is, is a really helpful first step with young people. Um, because I guess one of the things that we kind of know about uncertainty is that it kind of brings with it so many different emotions. So when we are faced with situations where we really don't know what the outcome of that situation is going to be, it's very normal to kind of feel that fear or feel that anxiety. And I guess what's helpful is to kind of think about how we make sense of that um 
And there's this really nice concept that um, a psychologist called Susan David talks about, um, which is emotional agility. Um, and I guess what this is about is really thinking about how our emotions kind of signpost us to the things that are important. Um, so I guess as, as parents, it's just really important that we are curious, I guess, when emotions kind of show up. So in, instead of kind of taking this position of, of wanting to kind of move our children away from these negative emotions, I guess it's much more about kind of pausing and asking that question of, you know, why do I feel so frustrated or why do I feel so anxious? Or if it's about our child, it's asking that question. I wonder why my child feels so frustrated or so anxious right now. And, you know, the reason why this is important is because those emotions are signposting us or signposting our child to the things that they value. Um, so I'm not sure if anyone kind of has an example of that, that they would be able to share. Um, this Joe here, I don't know if you'd like me to share. So we I had an example for um, with my, my daughter. She's she's in she was in her first year of her level three education and we were at the end of lockdown and coming out and she became totally overwhelmed one weekend and we had she was she's not one for tears and and and, and feeling upset but she was you could you could feel her overwhelmment and I'd kind of arranged to even have my own first kind of you know distance walk with a friend but at that moment I realized something was happening with her I didn't know why she felt like that nothing had happened nothing untoward was happened nothing had upset but it was something she was very much emotionally overwhelmed with so we just stopped again you know we went and sat in the garden and the sun was shining and we had a had a cup of tea and a bite to eat and she just it just helped her for me to be present and to be there and to listen to her telling me that she didn't really know or couldn't explain and speaking at a thousand miles an hour and we st I still don't really know what the issue was but at the end of it when I sat with her for an hour she just got up to me gave me the biggest hug she said I feel amazing mum thank you so much for being here and I hadn't realized until listening to what you're talking about kind of that's what I was doing I was I was curious and I want but equally as a parent she didn't want me to probe or fix anything she just needed me to to just sit and be with her while she was going through something that she wasn't sure how she was going to handle it and that's what we did and it, it and it really made a very a, a big difference for her on that day yeah definitely so it sounds like joe what you were doing there is actually giving her space to actually experience and tolerate her emotions uh, so you were having to sit, which must have felt quite tough um, when she was really struggling with that overwhelmed sense. But it sounds like what you weren't doing was also just trying to solve that problem, quickly push her away from those emotions. And I guess we all know that difficult emotions are hard and we often try and avoid them or we try and push them away. But actually that we know that if we learn to be able to cope and manage those difficult emotions that's actually really important for us in terms of us building up our own resilience to know that we can cope in difficult times uh, and Tamara was talking earlier about how 
life has been so uncertain for us all. But in fact, throughout even life before COVID, life is uncertain. There are uncertain things that happen and things are unpredictable. So if we can learn as um, for ourselves and support our young people to learn that they can cope with, with change, with not knowing always what's going to happen, um, that's going to make a really big difference to how they cope with what's going on in the future and I'm hearing what Tamara talked about is how that sort of recognising the importance of supporting young, our young people to understand what's important to them because if they can then tolerate difficult experiences by but still do what's important to them then they will have an opportunity to really build their confidence in what they can do and are able to do and I guess be able to feel life is more fulfilling and get more joy and pleasure from life through pushing through even those difficult things. Don't know if anyone else has got experiences of trying to look at that and working at that in terms of values. I'm just thinking about my younger children and um, my experience as a parent often feeling sort of bullied or held hostage by these big feelings. Um, and that kind of struggle as a parent to distinguish between sitting with and getting sucked into and controlled by a big feeling. Does that make sense? So I had a situation last night with my daughter where she was really unhappy about a decision around what's happening after school because she's going ha having to go back into after school club. And I did a lot of that sitting with how angry and distressed she was and, and what this means to her, because it means that she, she wants to just me to pick her up after school. And she doesn't want to be different because not many of her friends go to any after, have any after school provision. And she doesn't want to be seen to be different with her friendship group. So we're kind of able to do those first two bits, but actually it wasn't effective. It wasn't helping her um manage the emotion because i think she wants the emotion to that, that she's feeling to lead to not having to do this thing tomorrow after school or today after school and so that's my challenge as a parent is how do i do that first bit without potentially um kind of the the emotion winning the the day and and i think that's what we struggle with as parents quite often when our children are feeling massive feelings because um, often we have to tolerate them um, and our young people have to discover that despite them having these massive feelings, it isn't going to change the outcome. So for me as a parent, I had to stand my ground and say, this situation can't change. I cannot pick you up from school. So you're going to have to do this, um, whether you like it or not. And that felt really hard. Um, and actually, my daughter went on being very unhappy about it. Um, and I kind of signposted her to, why don't you speak to one of your friends on the phone? Um, why don't you kind of go and just have some time outside so that she could kind of get it off her chest? But actually, she kind of wanted me to know how big a deal this was for her. And I really had to sit with and tolerate not letting her fear and anxiety just to kind of become the deciding factor for what was going to happen the next day um, and actually it worked because the next day she was able to accept uh, and and she is going to 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 do what I needed her to do this afternoon despite it being a really difficult thing and so I guess it is a dilemma for us as parents with the sitting with and not being able to change 
the feeling because of a decision we've made as a parent. Sometimes it's things that we're having to make really difficult choices about as parents, which are best for our children, but in the moment don't feel great. But I guess the good thing about that is we're creating some boundaries and certainty, even if we get some significant kickback from that. Um, and actually, I think in the end, my daughter feels safe about this choice I've made, even though she's not happy about it, because she's going to have to get alternative transport home, which she's never done before, because of my confidence. I understand how she feels about it, but I'm still asking her to do it, because the thing that she's worried about is something I feel like I've assessed the risk, and it's not something she needs to be worried about. Um, and I think that's such a challenge as a parent, isn't it, on that tightrope? especially when we're not sure ourselves or we can't guarantee something to our children how do we give them confidence without lying to them sometimes so comforting them but not lying to them um, and how do we make it okay to not be scared um, when we're, we're having these interactions with our young people and, you know, I, I suppose listening to you, Beth, it's making me think of, of a couple of things. I, I guess the first thing that's come into my mind is just it, it being really important to acknowledge that, you know, for our young people, particularly our teenagers, you know, where they are in terms of their development um, and their brain development in particular, it's really easy for them to be kind of hijacked by these big emotions. And it's much harder for them to kind of allow their values to to be in the driving seat. You know, very often it is their emotions in the driving seat um, because their prefrontal cortex is kind of still developing. Um, and I and I guess the other thing is 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 just linking into that point that you're kind of making that it is really, really important for our kids to have boundaries because what boundaries give them is a real sense of safety and a real sense of certainty, like you've said. And I think, you know, it's you can't do this every time. You know, sometimes you will have enough time and you will have enough space to kind of really sit with that emotion and be curious about what is the thing that's really important to my young person. But sometimes you just have to put that boundary into place and you have to follow through. I guess in those situations, one thing that might just be helpful to hold in mind is that there's no reason why you can't come back to it. So you can put that boundary into place, but then you can come back to it with your young person and you can acknowledge with them that they've experienced this big feeling um, and you can do some wondering with them. You can wonder about, well, I just wonder why it was so difficult for you to do whatever it was. Um, and I wonder if this is because this is important to you and and what that you might get it wrong, you might get it right. But I, I suppose regardless of whether you get it right or wrong, it opens up this conversation to help them to recognize that the reason they were feeling that emotion was because something really important to them um, was was in the mix. Yeah, that that's really helpful. And I think the challenge we face is, is I, I've just put my house on the market and, and we the feeling of knowing you've got everything sorted or, you know, when you know some you don't know what's going to happen next and you're not entirely sure of what what's going on. You just want to get to that place where you feel like you know what's happening and, and you've got that feeling of 
I, I understand where I stand, what I've got to do, those things that we can't control. There's so many things we can't control. I've now discovered what they are and, and this is the outcome. And and I guess, you know, my daughter last night was not wanting to have to sit with the feeling that she doesn't know what it's going to be like doing this thing after school tomorrow. And she could let that ruin her entire school day. With, and and for, for many people, when we know we've got something happening in the future, which we're not sure about, it can really give us that horrible feeling continuously um, about what are what what's going to happen and it means that we can't enjoy what we're doing now so with my house i'm having to do masses of reframing because i have so little control over this whole entire process and i know it's a long process and i'm thinking i'm going to spend my entire last few months in this house which has got loads of lovely things which i probably won't have in my next house not making the most of it not enjoying it, not relishing, not appreciating and valuing it, because I'm going to be so preoccupied with getting to a place where I feel like I know what's happening next and I know where I'm going to be living and I know what I have to, to come to terms with and, I, and all of those things. And I think it's such a skill, isn't it, to notice ourselves getting stuck in that trap of kind of when everything's fine, I'll feel OK. When everything's fine, I'll be able to to enjoy doing things I'll be able to be a slightly different person I'll be able to have a bit more fun with my friends or, or or be kinder to my children or whatever it might be we kind of get into this situation where we're waiting for things to feel okay or not uncertain until we can start enjoying life um and and I guess often we it's that fear of disappointment, isn't it? So for me, I want to be able to sell my house and find a really nice alternative house. And I'm spending a lot of time preparing myself for that scenario might not be the case because I'm so afraid if I hope for the best, I'm going to end up disappointed. Um, so, yeah, they're just some of the things I think that I've really noticed in myself recently. And I guess what you're touching on there, Beth, is just how much we can get so caught up and hooked into those thoughts that 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 keep us very much in sort of a future hope rather than in the here and now. Um, and there's a just a really nice, simple strategy that can be really helpful just to create some distance sometimes between us and our thoughts to help us to better engage and enjoy the here and now. So for you to actually enjoy your garden while you've got the beautiful garden and we've got spring and summer coming rather than that sort of looking ahead to the future. And, and the simple strategy is just a way of trying to um, sort of take a bit of the power out of those sort of worried thoughts or those thoughts of what you want for the future and and sometimes those those thoughts can be those really unhelpful ones when it comes to uncertainty of that sort of sense that we don't have any power and control over things and our thoughts can can really sort of feel so true even though they're just thoughts or ideas that we have in our mind and so this strategy is just um actually just including a little few words in the thought that we're having so we can just be saying first of all well it's just a thought that I'm having it doesn't mean it's true if we're feeling that life is all so uncertain and we're thinking about that in some really big broad way that can just feed into us feeling very anxious and unsettled and I think Joe, you talked about how that's felt for your young people at home at times and just those feelings of being overwhelmed but sometimes when we can actually just notice and spot the thought that we're having and if that's a, a thought about ourselves or a thought about our situation it can feel so strong and 
and so connected. And by just saying something like, instead of feeling I'm I'm stupid, I'm helpless, there's nothing that can I can do, I can say to myself, actually, I'm having the thought that I'm stupid or this stupid or this situation is helpless or there's nothing I can do or it's pointless being at school because of exams. If we can create that little gap in between the I and the thought we're having, it helps us to feel less connected with it. And with that space, it stops us just fully engaging and being caught up. Um, and sort of tightly bound to those thoughts that might not be true thoughts, but they're just thoughts that we're having in a moment when we're struggling with things. Does that make any sense to use that sort of approach? It, it definitely does. And I think it's I think it's that horrible feeling of feeling unsafe and needing to remind yourself, actually, you are safe in this moment. You do have a home right now. Um, so, so it is really helpful to distinguish between the thought and not necessarily being a fact and actually kind of place yourself in the here and now, remind yourself of what you have actually got. Um, definitely. Thank you, Linda. Yeah, it's just really interesting listening to you because I, I kind of can relate that to to when we were going through with my daughter and her university application in October time and everything was online and the panic and the anxiety and the, the you know the overwhelming big emotion of well I've done the application am I going to get in and what's going and actually sitting down um, when you're not in a busy moment so we had to kind of do that like you were saying you had we had to park it because I was busy had to go to a meeting at work couldn't couldn't answer the demand there and then and so we we parked it and I asked her to go and do something different go take the dog for a walk I think and just come back to me when I've when I can give you that attention and and I, it was it was something I took as an adult as a very natural process is this, well, you're going to apply and you send in the bit of paper and then it's gone and there's nothing you can do about the decision until you get the decision but for her, she wanted to control the whole process and get the decision the next day. And why couldn't she do it? But it was, to, you know, it took quite a while for me to sit down and, and we drew it on a piece of paper and say, well, this is you and this is the application and this is where it goes. And this is what the tutors are going to do and the lecturers will do at the union. They'll review it. But I don't know when they're going to tell you that you are you've got a place or you've not got a place and she kept she because she was you know, oh you know I you know, want it now I want to know I'm you know, she's very excited and engaged and very positive but learning to to moderate and delay that fact that she you know you're not going to get that instant gratification that it's not like taking the sweet from the sweetie jar you're actually in your first what I call real grown-up moment and waiting to hear whether you've got a place in university ironically I positioned it for a month it came through in five days and it was oh, she was so excited and, and it was really positive and all the worries she'd had about struggling with maths and because she wants to do graphic design and oh if I don't have my math GCSE will I get and she got in and she still hasn't got the math GCSE she's hoping to get it this year but she's really positive about that now and she's just got a pass she didn't even have to get the merit or the distinction she was worried about but she drove herself so hard and it kind of taught me quite a lot about where I might need to help from a distance when she's at university. But I, I, I hear what you're saying about that, the whole process of where you, you know, you, you have to stop and you listen and, and but that needs where you worry too much about trying to control something that actually is completely out of your control. And 
You know, thank you so much, Joe, for sharing that example, because I, you know, I think this is the magic of uncertainty. You know, it, uncertainty is incredibly important in terms of building resilience, you know, because, you know, I, I suppose the thing that we know about uncertainty is that it's inevitable. There isn't really anything that we can do in our lives that are, is going to help us kind of grow and develop and flourish that doesn't come with a certain amount of uncertainty. You know, and even, you know, even if you think about really basic stuff, like just thinking about, you know, if you want to, you're a young person and you want to ask someone out on a date or for a coffee, you have to be able to tolerate feeling uncertain about whether they'll say yes or no. And even when they do say yes, you then have to be able to kind of tolerate the uncertainty of not knowing how the kind of the coffee date's going to go or for anything really, I suppose, if you're going to start a project or you're going to hand in an essay or you're going to ask someone um, if they, I don't know, want to kind of do something with you. In, in all of those situations, there is a certain element of uncertainty. And, you know, with your daughter, she kind of went through that process of applying for university and she didn't really know what the outcome was. And it sounds like she kind of, she had to sit with those feelings and she had to accept those feelings. And then she kind of came through the other end. And when you go through those experiences and when our young people go through those experiences, that is what leads to growth and that is what leads to resilience. And I think as parents, sometimes with our young people, we can kind of get into this mindset that we need to kind of keep their life as stable as possible. And that is true. But I guess it's also really helpful for our kids to have those experiences of uncertainty um, be because that is how that is how they are going to kind of grow and develop. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's a really important point. It's it, it uncertainty does come with all of this kind of feelings of insecurity and unpredictability and lack of control. But I guess it also comes with these this really positive possibility and resilience building and, and all of that other stuff. So I just think it's important because sometimes it gets quite a bad rap, but actually it, it comes with lots of really good stuff as well. Yeah, I, it's just to um, just to, to give you, a, you know, I, I that, that really makes a lot of sense. So if I look back over the past year with my son, who's 11 and went through the transition from 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 primary to high school. But what I have learned is he, he's become um, a self-starter. So he's very engaged with his education now. Um, and I have five in my set, funny enough. But so comparing him to the other four, um, he's far more resilient and far more much of a self-starter in year seven than any of his siblings have ever been and and you know I, I will look back and although it's been a tough year through COVID and, and the challenging times he's really taken quite a lot from you know becoming that self-starter and able to teach, learn and online learning has taught him something far wider than just going into and out of a classroom I'm, I'm not saying I wanted to, would like to go through it again particularly but at the end of the day it has given his year group maybe and, and that particular generation and a, a something that you know that they, 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 they engage with learning in a way that's far more independent and independent learning than than, than previous ones have I mean I, I guess um, I guess time will tell.
And I think life stretches us, doesn't it? Like we don't often choose um, how life is going to stretch us. And often it helps us realise our potential. And, and I know from experience, you often um, meet people who've been through really significant events in their life, significant tragedies, and that they you kind of say to them, how did you have the strength? How do you have the strength? To do this and, and if you asked any of us that you know in February last year would we have the strength to make it through this year we'd probably say god no way but there's something about kind of being stretched and and discovering what we are capable of enables us to realize just how how strong we can be um and so I think that's really important to hold in mind because sometimes we can become almost overprotective of our children having that experience or they have a difficult experience we become so focused on the difficult experience rather than what the difficult experience has taught them what they've learned from it um, that we aren't able to give them that really clear messaging that yes it was really difficult but I'm so proud of you because despite it being so difficult I saw these incredible things in you which I, I hadn't even really noticed as much before um, so it's kind of some of the ways that we might notice as a parent what uh, what our children coping with difficult things has has brought out in in them as well um so, so yeah absolutely think that it, it does provide opportunities like you were saying tamara um and opportunities for new connections as well um and because in those vulnerable moments we may reach out to people in different ways to how we might have done before um and and actually opportunities to connect with our children um and demonstrate to them that they're lovable despite these really difficult feelings despite the fact i still have to hold my ground with my daughter about this thing that she's not happy about you know i am always going to be there for her and i love her even though it doesn't feel like i love her in that moment um so so i think there's some really important things that we can learn through these challenging and un uncertain times even though it's not very comfortable it's often how we get to a meaningful life because we care ultimately yeah and i was just thinking with what you were saying beth about um uh, just the role that parents have is so significant isn't it through supporting our children to negotiate through through their whole experience of childhood adolescence and into adulthood and i guess what we would all aim for our children is to be independent able to look after themselves when they reach adulthood and to make the most of life and i guess what i'm hearing um, us all talking about today is how uncertainty does bring those further broader opportunities to have a fulfilling life to try new things and so as parents our role is really to support and encourage and um, and recognize what our children can do but still giving clear boundaries of what's okay and what's appropriate and we know boundaries are really important for their safety um, but you're also talking about that noticing and noticing um, 
what they are managing and helping them to develop their own narrative amongst themselves about what they are able to do. Because what we know is um, negotiating through uncertain times and coming out the other side gives us opportunities to know that we can do it, that we're able to do it, we've done it before, that we can have the skills, we might need some support to do it, as all of us humans do. Um, but actually the role of a parent in helping our children see that they are managing those things is really central, isn't it? And I guess as a parent, it's important to think that we can't cope with just constant uncertainty without any certainty. So it's helpful for us to look for opportunities where we can help create some certainty, give a bit of predictability, give a sense of control for our children. So if it's a control through offering them choices where both choices are good options, then that's great for them. We know routine and predictability is really helpful because we also know that we're really exhausted quickly. Our brain uses up so much more energy when we're having to cope with new unexpected things um, all the time that we have no pattern or expectation of how it will go. So I guess our role as parents is to sort of help manage the two, look for those opportunities to create some predictability, even in uncertain times, even going down as simple things as, you know, we keep our boundaries and rules at home as much the same as we can, even in changing times we still have our meal times at the same time we still have those those there's still basic ways of doing things um, that that help us all to be able to relax a bit in that bit of predictability but then we can have a real key role in supporting our children how to negotiate whatever's uncertain that's coming ahead um, I heard somewhere about how history was described as a series of unpredictable events. And in fact, that is life going forward. So, um, of course, this, this past year has been unprecedented in that regard. But there will always be those changes. And really, if we as parents can support our children to negotiate that, we'll be really setting them up to, um, you know, to be the young adults that we, we really want them to be. I think that's so lovely, Linda. And I think I just when I hear you speaking and I hear my I think about noticing that in my children, I also think about how much I need to notice it in myself, because sometimes we can we can get so preoccupied with doing this for our children. We we can forget to model that for our children by being kind to ourselves. So when we've we're struggling and we think we're messing up, also saying out loud about what we think despite the fact I've really struggled to date, I really managed this well. Um, so doing some of that noticing of the good stuff for ourselves and then modelling that to our children so that the narrative about ourselves is more positive because sometimes I think we can get stuck in a negative narrative about ourselves as well. Lovely. Thank you so much, um, everyone, for sharing all of your thoughts today. Uh, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us. We really valued um, uh, hearing your insights and, and how you guys have kind of managed with uncertainty. Um, to everyone listening, I really hope that you found this podcast helpful um, and we look forward to uh, touching base with you again soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free 
and means a podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review Mental Health and You and follow our social media accounts that are all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.